Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show hey all you gearheads and gas holes welcome to driven radio your (laughs) weekly automotive happy hour i am brett hatfield here with our engineer and co-host mr mark groves yo and the evil genius of craving cars on youtube mr Corey pratt yes and uh we were gonna try to have Vern back on again this week but i couldn't even get him to answer a text so uh yeah never mind He's doing secret important things. Well, we hope he's doing secret important things that are going to be really cool, and they'll tell us about them later. Awesome. Or he might just be thumbing his nose at me. I don't know which it is. <laughs> you can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, And listen on, well, listen everywhere, find podcasts heard. I'm Absolutely. not doing the big read-through. Uh, just we're we're like chicken man we're everywhere if you like what you're hearing we're really impressed if you like what you're hearing leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your gearhead friends if there's something you'd like to hear more of or someone you would like us to interview i'm not guaranteed we can get guaranteeing we can get them we'll sure as hell try absolutely uh drop me a line at brett at driven com. hey up till today the weather's been really nice oh, out. Yeah. So what'd you do this week? Cars, bikes, fun stuff. Um, I I, I, got, I took the Porsche out for a drive. Good. It's running. It's absolutely running. It's phenomenal. Not, it's not broken. You it's, haven't, it's, it's you haven't fantastic jacked now. with it. After after it got fixed, it's been absolutely great. And oh, I got the CV boots put on last Friday. So cool. So brand new CV boots in the back for the for inner and outer on both sides of the axle. So we're we're doing good there. That can be really involved on that car too. Yeah. Well, that's why I paid someone to do it. <laughs> Smart so, man. So Smart. The You're learning. Were, You're learning. Yeah, the parts really weren't that expensive. It was the labor part that I didn't want to deal with myself. So, uh, What little German stuff I've worked on, I would imagine that that's probably a good move on your part. And and I got it prepped and ready and decaled uh-huh. for the Revline Rally coming up this weekend. You put decals redline, on it? Redline rally. Well, yeah. Like I'm stripes on, on the side and down the, the hood and stuff? Like well, I used to put on my models? It, it's, it's got the, the rally decals on it. Oh, oh so okay. So it's got a windshield banner, uh, uh, redline rallies. It's got the big RR on the hood. Orange flames. It's a yeah. uh, <laughs> blue outline. Nice. <laughs> it's got the door Sexy. panel on a couple of little things, you know. Oh, Cra- awesome. Craigers. Craigers. <laughs> Could be Craigers. Some peak fuzzy dice decals. in the mirror. Craiger decals. It gets better. <laughs> so, yeah, I just put the decal. I put like a little cover, plastic covers. For the there. uninitiated, where is the Redline Rally going? Uh, this is actually their first. They've tried to get this off the off the ground last week or last year, but obviously we didn't know. Yeah, we, we yeah. know that. Nothing so this is their fir- very first one. 2020 um, just got canceled. And and they, <laughs> I know <laughs> the guys put it on, so they, they really want to be uh, to, to experience it. So they're inviting me on. So that's kind of nice. Sweet. But their first one, they're making it kind of a short deal. Uh, we're actually meeting, so Friday we'll be meeting in Columbia, and then from Columbia we'll take off Saturday morning, 
it's because it'll be it'll be a short one. So we'll mm-hmm. eventually head our way to St. Louis area, stay the night in St. Louis, and then make our way back on Sunday and head through the Ozarks area, which is a very nice windy oh, road. Be cool, fun fun trip and make. Do you our know way where you're meeting City. in Columbia? Uh, CJ's Wings, or maybe down at Booch's Bar and Grill. No idea. This is Mark flexing his Columbia geography. Oh, knowledge. yeah. That's where I started in uh-huh. radio. Within the city. That was my old stomping grounds. <laughs> I used to live there. Not really it's, not it's a really little sure. different now. I it's have the itinerary in an address, but that, I don't nice. know what that is off the top of my head. Well, so. then I would recommend both of those CJ's Wings CJ's and Wings. Uh, CJ's Bar and Grill and then uh, Booch's if you really want to go old school and get their, uh, you know, cooked on this. Grill that is so old it talks to you. You know what's in my head, don't That's you? Scary. Uh, booches, booches. We don't need no stinking booches. It's a. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking more of booches, booches, growly. But you know, hey. <laughs> now they serve the burgers still in the in <laughs> wow. the wax paper, and it's all greasy. And it's oh. wonderful. Oh, it's always. And nice. wait, maybe we do need booches. That's starting to sound pretty good. <laughs> yeah. How about you? You still riding around on your scooter? Oh no! Last uh, last time that we all talked, mm-hmm. when you guys were like, you know, Mark. Uh, if you allegedly are riding your bike out there, it will get you all kinds of penalties. Well, and I looked at the penalties, and we're talking a thousand dollars. Not cheap. Possible jail time, mm. revocation of your license for a while. And I'm like, you know, even test driving. Nah, I got. And they may even smack you in the back of the head. Say bad mark, <laughs> bad mark, stupid suburbanite. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of hang out until the middle of this month and take my uh, my class. It's uh, the 16th, 17th, oh, wow. and 18th. That's just next weekend. Yeah, cool. And then uh, get her done. And so that way I can go play. When you complete the class, do they give you a certificate to go yes. get the M? Yes. Classification on your license? Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, do you take your own bike or do they have bikes? For no, you? they uh, you like they're different size bikes. At this one at Johnson County Community College, they have two fifties. Over at uh, I did check with uh, the Harley Davidson here in town mm-hmm. um, and Rawhide Harley. And they put you on 500s. Yeah, they put you on a street 500, mm, yeah. which for Harley is pretty light and yeah. easy to control. And, and, and what your, what's your bike again? Uh, mine's a uh, Vulcan uh, 750. 750. Okay. 750. Uh, okay. 2006. It, is, that Vulcan's going to have a little punch. Mm-hmm. It'll you, have some. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. And, and once I can I can actually you know ride it legally, I'm going to take it in, get it kind of looked at a little bit, because I've got yeah. that hesitation around 4,000 in all the gears. And I'm trying to remember Kawasaki dealers here in town. I don't know if Reno's over in uh, Martin City does uh, Kawasaki, but Shawnee Cycle Plaza does. Yeah. And if you need help getting it there, let me know. You know, you just reminded me, too. I've got a couple of nuts <laughs> waiting up there. I've actually been there. And you just reminded me. No, yeah. i got to write this crap down. It's been there for two weeks. Holy crap. They're but sit- you say that. They're just sitting in me. a lonely paper bag waiting for you to show up. <laughs> nuts. They probably, and, they're, and they're paid for, too. <laughs> and they're probably Damn. attached to somewhere that, per- <laughs> that that keeps the car or the motorcycle going past 4,000. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm dumb as a box of rocks sometimes. <laughs> so no. how about you, Brett? What, out what, of sight, out of mind. What did you get going uh, on? Rode the bike a little bit, but the weather's been so stinking nice. I've had the little red Corvette with the top down oh. for almost a week. It's sitting in the garage today, of course. But, man, it just, it's so it's so stinking fun to drive yeah. and run around in and uh, you know, get a little sun and... Yeah. Turn a few heads, play it loud, all that air. Hey, it just feels good. thing makes me happy. Absolutely. It makes me happy. Wheel. Uh, two days of rain. We got today. We got tomorrow. And then Friday, supposed to warm back up, be sunny. And I think it's going to last through the weekend. So we'll all be back at it. You got it. 
In the news this week, uh, we've got news about how Porsche tests the new 911 GT3. Uh, looks like the Ford Bronco production has finally begun, but what? Not for you, damn it! Uh, <laughs> Falcon Motorsports, you know, if you could own your own supercar, wouldn't owning the company be that much? Wouldn't cooler? that be cool? And we've got our guest with us this week, Scott Black. He owns Timepiece PR and Marketing. Uh, Scott, geez, you know, when we have cool people on, you get really, really long bios, and Scott's is, is a mile long. But he's done a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, he's done everything. And the oh, really yeah. cool thing about Scott is, the coolest thing he does is he gets me into do crap I wouldn't otherwise be able to. That's the coolest thing gets, about him. Gets me behind the velvet rope. Backseat Shelby. Carol. Uh, it got me to... Yeah. Let's me drive other people's really expensive hardware and crap like that. So we'll be talking to Scott a little bit later. It's, it's a matter of who you know, not what you know. Uh, it's, Amen. That is definitely true for me. Definitely true in my case. Well, coming from road and track, uh, Porsche tests the new 911 GT3 at 186 miles an hour for guess guess for for how long? Well, for, for over 3,100 miles. What? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! So, well, Porsche has always been known for it's you gonna know, be durable. Okay. Yeah. okay, now is this on like one of those testy things where you just set the car and let it? No, I no, think no. it was on four thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it was on I seventy. They, they thought it was still going. COVID. Yeah. They, they wait till after rush hour. <laughs> Porsche has always, you know, they've been known for their over, overbuilding cars. So, like the nine eleven Turbo S. It'll do 0 to 60 in less than three seconds, back to back, over and over again, without over ever heating and ever really seeming to slow down. I think Road and Track said they did that like 30 or 40 times in a row, and it was just consistent every single time. So, according to Porsche, the new 992-911 GT3 can travel at 186 miles per hour continuously for over 3,000 miles. So the company has tested the claim. Good God. And this is how they did it. So the testing team ran a prototype of the GT3. If you heard the the big in the background, uh, yeah, we're in the landing pattern for a local airport. and uh, Johnson County executive, baby. I, I think we just got buzzed by a Cessna 172. Land the plane, Buffy. I need to go get my martini. <laughs> so... The destination random prototype GT3 around Volkswagen's Nardo test track for 5,000 kilometers straight, which, wow. if my math is right, it's about 3,107 miles. Yeah. Uh, isn't that the same track that James May ran the Bugatti around, that giant Nardo ring? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I believe okay. so. so. So it's the, the track is definitely able to, to, to run a car that, that fast for sure, because if it could do 250 to 60 some miles an hour. 186 is pretty good. So the car accelerates to 186 miles an hour, maintain that speed until it's out of fuel. Ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> if you could maintain Com- that. Comes to a stop real quick, quickly refuels, and then takes off, off again. again. Takes off again uh, to 186 miles an hour. The company said the GT3 had to perform flawlessly on the test to meet its durability standards. That's uh, that's 15 hours across the U.S., <laughs> okay. If you could find a way but to get gotta, that thing that whole hey, speed. Hey, you're not you're you not including, you know, when you stop to get gas, there's beef jerky, there's <laughs> Dr. Dr. Pepper. There's that whole gift section with the shot line. glasses yeah. and all the dream catchers. I yeah. mean, you just got to go, go. Hurry up, damn it. I got to get some bathroom. <laughs> and I, I actually think that that is a more harsh test than just driving 180, like trying to 
build some way to keep a big fuel tank on it. Because driving at a constant speed is less wear than yeah. hard acceleration yeah, to that start speed. start to stop. Yeah. So the GT3's engine also spent 22,000 hours on the testing rig, allowing Porsche to gather emissions, performance, durability data. The testing team would simulate circuit layouts and run the engine as if it were on the track. This, so, is, this is why they charge you $1,100 to change out your uh, CV joint, <laughs> your CV boots. Just, you know, it's it's over-engineered thing, you know, so it costs over-engineered that's awesome. pricing. I, hey, I get it. <laughs> I get it. That's uh, uh, that's pretty incredible, man. Yeah. Again, you got to wonder at 186 miles an hour how long it takes them to burn a tank of gas. I'm guessing not very long. I don't even know how big the gas tank is. 16 gallon maybe mine's that something like I'd that probably mine's like 16 point something so, so yeah at but, least around there maybe but i'm wondering if it if it takes an hour if it's 180 if you can get 186 miles out of a tank at speed well i can't probably do 186 out of mine but we'll take the 435 loop we'll at least do 170 i'm sure i'll do that the gto might get to 170 and we'll just we'll just we'll take the GTO as well. We'll test I, them both I, out. I have, to, last the I have to push through that shimmy at a buck thirty that scares me. <laughs> that's okay. Once you get about another twenty miles past that, it starts to level out a little. Yeah. Well, that's what it did. Unless I, there's a crosswind. Yeah, I've done that on a motorcycle before. <laughs> That'll give you a pucker. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, really cool what they've done. I mean, keep an engine under heavy acceleration and and everything. The fact that they can simulate it as if it's on a track that's actually pretty cool. You know how if you've been driving really fast for a long time and then you slow down and you're doing close to the speed limit. It feels like you're crawling. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the test driver on this deal felt like going home. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up! Well, hopefully he was close to an Autobahn somewhere so he didn't have to worry about yeah, it. No kidding, man. That's but, incredible. But they go through a lot of stuff to make sure your GT3 will be able to handle your average track day without any hiccups. So there you go. Nice. Unreal. Good job, Porsche. That's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, according to the Bronco 6G Forum, the 2021 Ford Bronco officially entered Phase 1 of mass production on Tuesday, March 30th at 8.30 a.m. However... The day that you go down in infamy. Uh, this first round of F- SUVs will be dealer demos and press vehicles. You can't have it. Dealer uh, demos? Come on. Yeah. You know what the dealer wants to do? Sell it and make money. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. the salesmen want to flog it and show off. Well, there's that. <laughs> I know because I were And a bunch one. of YouTube videos to be made of it, of course, as yeah, well. no kidding. The second round of production will be customer cars. The 2021 Ford Bronco has faced numerous delays, courtesy of coronavirus pandemic. Thanks, Rona. Yeah, no kidding. Just yeah. kick that year out of the, out of the calendar out. entirely. <laughs> Uh, the reveal was pushed back, and then production was pushed back, and then it was pushed back again. Oh. And certain hardtop models are being bumped to the 2022 model year. Customers Already? with the black painted modular hardtop on order will either have to modify their orders or wait. You get the puce hardtop. <laughs> Take it or leave it. It's what we got from Bolivia. It We're doesn't stuck. go with it's orange. What we got from uh, excited customers and Bronco fans may soon be able to head to their local dealer and see the SUV everyone has been waiting for. It also gives dealer staff a chance to get familiarized with a product they'll certainly be selling a lot of in coming years. And I, I yeah. think that's absolutely true. I think they're going to sell the hell out of these things. I might even go take a look. I, I cheated, actually, because just yesterday I watched a video 
of someone already having one on a really? trail out in Moab area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they I've were seen showing a couple the, of those. They were showing the camera stuff where they can put the cameras and see their wheels and where the position's at and all that stuff. So oh, wow. It, it, I do cool. want to see one of these. It wasn't a good enough video to really see the whole vehicle in action. They were just inside, and the guy was just using the camera from the passenger seat, so well, that's sure. all I got to see, but... Um, I want to see more. I really do want to see one of these. Mm-hmm. We all know it will pale in comparison to the giant black beast I had. <laughs> but but <laughs> it's still the first Bronco in quite a while. Hey, maybe yeah. we can get one of the local dealerships to uh, show us around it one day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Would you look at the three of us and think they look trustworthy? Mm-hmm. You know, I know a Why guy. I'll, I'll I'll check. You know yeah. a guy. I know a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through radio, not through personally, because I, no dealer would look at me and go, I want to friend that dude. <laughs> but since it's through uh, the radio station, yeah. Yeah, well, check I, with I could okay. go ahead and brag and say that I've seen a blue one up close. Oh, uh, but I also saw the new Hummer up close and took pictures of it, and I got to see a lot of cool crap while I was in Arizona. Well done. I haven't gotten to crawl in it yet, though, and that's when I really want to touch it. I want to. I want I want the stupid Sasquatch package with a giant oh, freaking. I just want it because it says Sasquatch, <laughs> it says Sasquatch on it. Sasquatch on it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like on the back of my truck where you see it. Uh, some who wander are not lost, and uh-huh. there's a picture of a Yeti. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I'm a hundred percent in. Well, hell, I got that Yeti T-shirt upstairs that says <laughs> "Hide and Seek World Champion" on it. <laughs> see, we're already uh, in. There, there we go. go. From Motor Authority, you can buy Falcon Motorsports. Not just the car, you can buy the whole damn company. This is cool. What's better than owning your own supercar? Well, owning the entire company that makes it. Falcon Motorsports is the builder of the Falcon F7, which is a very cool-looking car. We we were looking at a couple of different versions of it, and the most recent uh, one on their website, that gray one, kind of a silver gray, Mm -hmm. looks so much like, what is it, a GT350? Is that it? Uh, It looks like a Ford GT, but it also has some Acura NSX in there. And and then there's that red one that's just rolling sex. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. uh, very good-looking. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous vehicles. You can own the company. Now, t- take a while, guys. I just, you know, your own supercar motor company. It's a car company. It's trade, got to be the millions, You've right? got the trade secrets. You've got Tens all the know-how processes. Trade, yeah. yeah. They're selling it for $675,000. i got to go call my hold banker. Hold on, what? Hey, I, hey, six seventy-five. Okay, hold, hold on. Wait a second. I got some change. Yeah. Yeah. Got, hold, on. hold on. Let me whip out my wallet. Honey? I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, they bumped the credit limit on one of my cards here last month. Uh, Let me go I'm make a phone to call this to done. the bank. The sale includes, check this out. Holy cow. Tools, molds, material lists, and other items currently in possession of Falcon. And then you also get all logos, slogans, trademarks, copyrights, know-how, processes, trade secrets, formula, inventions, engineering data, electronic databases, all drawings, license agreements, and all other intellectual property and our proprietary information. I mean, you get the whole ball of damn wax. Six seventy-five, And I had to quit reading all the places mm. you can hear the podcast after that list. <laughs> Come on. Curse you, you jerk. The, uh, That's a ton of stuff for 675, man. They've done all the work for you, it sounds like. Now, the thing with the company, they've only built seven cars. Yeah, and they've been that's around seven since, more than I've built. <laughs> they've been really in the process around two thir- 2013. The uh, guy that went into it was like around 2008, 2009, left from uh, designing the Viper, or at least Viper parts, if I remember right. Um, Dude, they, they did aftermarket stuff for the Viper. And then he built these badass cars, six seventy five. You know they have to have a fortune more than that in this. I would think so. It's got to be. A there's got to be multiple like car parts laying around that do, you can do. You use get to build a, a couple of cars for that price too. Yeah. Do you, you get a demo? Done, right? 
Do you, I wonder if there's a Who demo vehicle that comes along with it. Who cares if all you got's the chassis? This is going to be the baddest go kart anybody's <laughs> ever seen. Now the uh, the F7. Check out the cars that you can make. F7 was powered by a GM sourced LS7 seven liter V8. It produced 620 horsepower and 580 fa- pound feet of torque. Yeah, but looking at the website beforehand, oh my god. It drove the rear wheels through a Ricardo six-speed manual transaxle, carbon fiber bodywork, aluminum interior tub, a whole bunch of other really cool stuff. Got the curb weight down to 2785 pounds. That is stupid light. And it was a 250 price tag when the uh, 250k price tag when the car was uh, put out. They're now they've got a twin turbo version that's at 1100 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Uh-huh. I mean, 2785 is light for a 620 horsepower car. 1100 horsepower way car. Way light for a 620 wow. horsepower car. 2785 is probably like oh, what like a Tercel? Jesus. Or yeah, a, a, that, a Corolla? What are the What are the little um, dinky cars that they make now? Because my, my 2012, which we don't have anymore, but Honda Civic was 2,900 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take the back seat and the spare tire, the jack, and anything else we can out of your Civic, and then we're going to stuff 620 horsepower in it. Mm-hmm. How scary and sketchy do you think that would have uh, been? That would a be wonderfully so sketchy fun. and scary. Yeah, a wonderfully. <laughs> I'd learn what brick walls taste like. It'd be easy. I would take stock uh, in that tastes like adult diapers. Yeah, that <laughs> tastes like oops <laughs> and styrene. The one thing I'm hoping they've got for these cars, big brakes. <laughs> the, uh, if you want to get one of your own right now, the, one of the seven that were built, go on to Cars and Bids. It's got a high bid right now of 122 k Good grief. Or just go buy the company and build your own. I want one. You could just do that. I, I, mean, re- if, I really want to do this. If you're going to spend 122 this is, this is not a good decision, but I really want to do this. It's time to talk to your dad. He spent so much time on uh, oh, bring, bring, a trailer. bring a trailer. Now hey, you can dad. bring a company. Hey, Dad, we can build our own cars. <laughs> bring a tractor trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's going to look at me and say, of all the dumb ideas you've ever had. I can be research <laughs> and development. I really like this one. Let's go be stupid <laughs> together, son. <laughs> so... Growing up around my dad, and he is an unbelievable businessman, and he's had a number of businesses that did incredible things. Uh, We had just gotten one tenant out of the warehouse that we owned, and it was empty, and he and I are walking around, and I'm trying to really keep my mind about business and think of what, you know, uh, what we should be doing. And he, he looks at me and he says, you know what we ought to do? And I'm trying to... You know, thinking a business mind is like, well, we need a tenant who will occupy all of this. And I said, I don't know, get a really big tenant. And he says, no, we need a couple go karts. <laughs> I love my dad. I love my dad. <laughs> He's he is still a giant kid, and I love that about him. We're walking through the, and I'm looking at this, and that that building is big. It's like a hundred thousand square feet, and it was empty. And he says, "Go karts, go karts." Oh yeah, you're right, Dad. You're absolutely right, Dad. Absolutely. Are we going to get those now, or we do it tomorrow morning? I'll go get a truck. Wow. Love the old man. He is so much fun. Our special guest this week is Scott Black. He is the founder of Timepiece PR and Digital Marketing. Scott will be here to discuss working with Carol Shelby, owning a Pantera and a Shelby GT350, and why owning a gas-powered car is still desirable in the coming age of EVs. All this and much more is coming up here on Driven Radio. 
Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in Overland Park, Kansas. You know, we're fortunate here in that we get a lot of really cool guests and fun people to talk to, but one of the things about getting cool, dynamic guests is their bios can sometimes be a mile and a half long. And that's kind of the case with our guest tonight. Uh, Scott Black is an accomplished, accomplished PR expert with a passion for fast cars, airplanes, and motorcycles. He has created a success. He has created successful PR campaigns for Shelby American, Barrett Jackson, Ford Motor Company, and the Automotive Fine Arts Society, and Aston Martin Dallas. Scott is a member of the National Speakers Association, which is he could probably teach me a thing or two. He's an accomplished keynote speaker who emcees events worldwide. Scott is also a freelance writer whose articles have appeared in Rob Report, American Driver, the Dallas Morning News, On Magazine, and he has written for Jay Leno. Some of his quirky credentials include being a factory team driver for Shelby for the Big Bend Open Road Race, being an official chili cook-off judge. <laughs> That's important in Texas. <laughs> and earning a first-degree black belt in karate. He oh also owns a 2016 Shelby GT350R with one of the coolest engines ever. And a 1972 Pantera. Scott, damn boy, you ain't been busy at all. Welcome to Driven Radio. <laughs> well, it's been a lot of fun, and thanks for having me. And it's fun because usually I'm behind the scenes. I get, you know, to help clients beyond things like this, but... You know, if you really wanted to do a, a, a real bio and just make it short, it's he likes to go fast. And I like to hang <laughs> with people like you guys that like to go fast. Yeah, so, I was going to say, we, we all suffer from the same disease, which is a, a lead foot ball bearing ankle. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes so. that can get very expensive, both buying the car and then buying the ticket after you get the car or the motorcycle. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I have great stories about having too many tickets. We just call that speed tax. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I call speed it every speed tax. Yeah. Yeah. Or every cop in the municipality you grew up in knows who you are. Somebody's got to pay for school. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's I've get to the real client that had to get a license in another state because he got so many tickets. He was on the verge of losing it, and it was important to him to have his. He had to have a license for the job. So he actually found a way to get it in Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Let's get to the, let's get to the really cool stuff first. Uh, Why a Pantera? So like a lot of us, I fell in love with mid-engine cars when I was a wee little lad. One of my first cars that my parents gave me was a, a, a Hot Wheels of a Lamborghini Mura. And then of course, like a lot of us, I discovered the, GT40s. Mm-hmm. And so dreamed of those, but you know, for mere mortals, those kind of cars were typically out of reach. And I re- I fell in love because, you know, the GT40 gearbox and some of the layout and stuff was very similar in the Pantera. And when I was 16 years old and had a rust bucket piece of junk car and had a flat tire, went into a shop, walked into it. And that's back when you had gas stations that had a real yeah. shop in the back right you remember those and i walked in and there was a pantera being worked on and it was just like angels started singing (laughs) and this is in joplin missouri which of course has wow yeah not far away Mm. no yeah and not very many people and so it was like an epiphany there and i saw my first pantera um somebody there locally had it believe it or not he was the mayor so he probably didn't have a problem with tickets with his pantera 
So fell in love, <laughs> said not. someday I'm going to have one by gosh. And um, when I was in college, getting close to graduating from college, I had one of those vivid dreams that I was driving a red Pantera. I just, it was so real. Graduated, found a guy that I was living in Las Vegas at the time, graduated and moved to Las Vegas, found a guy who wanted to buy an apartment complex. So he wanted to sell his Pantera and I was gonna trade him my Mustang for his Pantera. And uh, that was my first one, I'm on my second Pantera, but that it was first at love, uh, love at first bite, I guess you could say. So what is Pantera ownership like? Surely with the American uh, power plant and ZF drivetrain is, or the ZF transaxle, usually pretty tough. Is this better than owning a, a, an Italian miniature car? Well, you know, the neat thing about it is you get to the sexiness of the Italian mid-engine, you know, um, Delara did the chassis, which of course did the, the, a lot of the, um, the Lamborghinis. And then you had Tom Charta who did a lot of phenomenal cars who did the body and Gia created it. So you get that sexiness, but you've got that good hot rod Cleveland. And this is my second car and it's got solid lifter cam, blue thunder aluminum heads. It's got a tunnel ram. I've got a 750 HP that flows 810 CFM. They told me I needed to go to 850, but for the street, that scared me. So it's 381 <laughs> cube, and it's got a real honest-to-goodness 525 horsepower in a car mm. that's been lightened to 2,800 pounds. So, mm. you know, you'd have to surgically remove your smile when you drive this car. But the neat <laughs> thing is, because of the American drivetrain and people knowing what a Pantera is, they accept it. It's not like you drive up in a Ferrari and, and Americans go, oh, you're a snob or everybody loves Panteras. It's got that rumble of an American car. It's got the sexiness of the Italian. So it's just fun. Believe it or not, there's a lot of vendors out there. You can get more Pantera parts than a lot of obscure Corvette parts. And insurance isn't that expensive. It really, ownership of a Pantera has been a joy and it's got a great club. The Pantera Owners Club of America is global. They even produce a guide. So I know the names and phone numbers of fellow Pantera owners worldwide. Because the odds are, if you're driving it, you might need breakdown and might need some help. But, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun to own. You have two sons. Do they get to take Dad's Pantera out? Uh, what do they think of the car? <laughs> well, the 22-year-old is really good with a manual. In fact, he's going to school in Tucson at Eller. And he has a job because I believe firmly kids need to work. And he is a uh, valet parker because he can drive a manual. And so <laughs> he loves the car. So there's a 22-year-old that can drive a manual. The 17-year-old the is so-so with the manual. And so this is one of his aspirational cars. He wants to drive the Pantera. So until he's really competent, he doesn't get to. So he keeps practicing like crazy. He loves exotic cars. So he thinks the Pantera is super cool. I bet. And... You also have a 2016 Shelby GT350. Another good reason to learn how to drive a manual, a manual transmission. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. So, so that car is, both of my cars are, are Ferrari red pretty much. I mean, it's a factory 16 model GT350R, but it, the factory red, but the Pantera is almost the same color. And I just want to know what it's like to listen to that, that flat plane crank. Oh. That thing's got to so be incredible. A, there's a tunnel near the office, and so the boys would have me go through the tunnel. And it's a toll tunnel, unfortunately. So I think <laughs> the, 
you know, for the whole construction of that thing, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> running that flat plane crank, you know, you flip it to sport mode. And, and this car is really neat. I, I like cars with stories behind them. So my Pantera, believe it or not, competed on the one lap, the oh, uh, cool. America, Brock Yates, the guy that I bought it from took it. And he actually came in second in the, um, in the classic car, because you know, the one lap you'd go across the country from track to track to track yeah. and you have to compete. And he said it would have come in first. He lost to a BMW M1 in the category because BMW actually was having the BMW dealerships along the way maintenance. Of the car. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. so my GT350 though actually is a 16, and it belonged to Gary Patterson, the president of Shelby American. Okay. So I'm the second owner, and I have more documentation. As you guys know, documentation is king, right? Mm-hmm. Gary went to the factory and he actually walked the entire line with the car. So he has oh, bill cool. sheets that wow. get talked. He has pictures of himself. He has the dyno sheet when they pulled it off and did the dyno. I have I have like this. And and you know, especially Brett working with SCM, you know all about the documentation. Oh yeah. But beyond that, you know, because the cars are built under under license by Ford at Flat Rock. It, so it doesn't get a Shelby serial number. Well, Shelby American created a package called the Signature, Carol Shelby Signature Edition, and they get a Shelby signature and, and a Shelby um, serial number. And so this was the prototype for that. So it's got prototype wheels and, and suspension and all kinds of things. So I've got a prototype car owned by Gary Patterson that has all kinds of fun stuff on it. The president of Shelby American. So the boys will have to argue over those two cars. <laughs> and speaking of which, you knew Carol, didn't you? Carol was a friend before he was a client. In fact, I actually turned him down to work for Carol multiple times. And finally, we were in Boulder, Colorado, and he didn't feel well. So he said, Scott, drive me back to the hotel. And he, Carol did everything strategically. So we got in the car and he looked at me and he goes, it's time. I said, okay. <laughs> and so I was Carol's last PR guy. We still handle all of the PR and marketing. He held both my kids as babies. My oh. oldest is named Miles after Ken. Oh. And, and so I'll tell you one real brief story about Carol. Um, we just had Easter, so it's somewhat appropriate. Um, as you know, because we worked together at Barrett Jackson, um, we did all those events. And in 09, I think it was, it was the last time Carol went to West Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. And happened to be Easter weekend. And so the auction was through Saturday, but I couldn't get a, a, a flight home Sunday until uh, w- late in the afternoon. So Carol knew both my kids, they were five and 10 at the time. He goes, they're gonna miss their dad. They're gonna, no Easter bunny Sunday morning. I mm-hmm. said, yeah. But he didn't even say where he picked up the phone. He called Craig Jackson. He said, Craig, Carol, uh, Scott needs to go home. What time can he get off today? And so Craig kind of stumbled around and said, well, does six work for you? And Carol said, <laughs> so then he called the pilot for his private plane and said, we're waiting for Scott to take him home to Texas so he can be with his kids. Oh, that is oh, so wow. cool. That's cool. One of the worst debts in that year. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. Man, what a story. That's, that's that was Carol. That's, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah, he did it for the kids, you know? Very cool. Nice. So... You were involved in the track tour for Ford with the Shelby GT350. What was that? What was it like? Well, you know, the track tours were fun. And actually, we're doing them for the 500 now, which is really exciting. 
we went to um, over two years, we went to eight different tracks, Ford rented them, and we did half day sessions and people got to drive the car on the track. They learned about the technology. Sometimes they got to go on the drag strip, which was fun. And we're actually doing one with the 500 now and we're doing one in Texas next week. And so usually Aaron Shelby comes, Carol's grandson, yeah, Carrie Patterson, you know, President Shelby, Tracy Smith, She's the international director of Team Shelby, 80,000 members worldwide. And then you have Cash uh, from uh, Cash Singh from Ford and Jim Owens, and you'll have other executives. And it's a blast. And, and it's neat because I got to drive, you know, and you're going around Laguna Seca in a 350 and you're thinking, man, I'm a baller. Look how fast I'm going. And then you get in the passenger seat and one of the instructors from the Ford Performance Racing School starts driving. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, I'm not sure I should even be allowed to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worthy. Uh-huh. You get to see what real fast looks like. Yeah. And, and they're just talking to you like you're driving to the grocery store, you know, just puts it along and. And they're so much faster than I was when I was laser focused. And it's like, they're just like riding, playing basketball with Michael Jordan. You go, I'm not sure I should even dribble a basketball. <laughs> and to that extent, uh, one of the things I have to thank you for uh, getting me in the Ford GT in Vegas in October 19, uh, when we were, uh, when everybody yeah. got to drive it. And Joey Hand and I are in that thing. We're driving around. We're sitting at an intersection waiting to turn back on Las Vegas Boulevard. And and Joey, unlike a lot of racers, is a car guy, too. He really is a car guy. And we were just talking about car stuff, shooting the breeze. And while we're sitting there, one of the uh, pre-production Corvette, the eighth generation test mules, shoots through the intersection while we're sitting there. And Joey and I both look at each other and go, that was a new Corvette. <laughs> and it kind of, it, it did, I didn't miss the surreal, the surreality of sitting there with a guy who won Le Mans and we're both all wound up about a new Corvette going through the intersection when we're sitting in a million dollar Ford GT. <laughs> it was a little strange. <laughs> Especially when he beat Corvette. Oh, yeah, I know. But he was so excited to see one. And so was I. But it just it was a little odd. Uh, You know, uh, one of those head checks like, is this really happening to me? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it was neat to do that and be able to put people like you in a car with Joey. I didn't get to ride with Joey because you guys got to. But, you know, when we first approached Ford with the idea of, hey, let's bring a Lamar driver in and let journalists drive your your million dollar car with your uh-huh. star beside him there all there was a lot of silence yeah yeah and, and pro- probably some looks around the room like are we listening to this guy <laughs> but you'll never forget that will you and I, I, it's one of those moments not ever that was a lot of fun we had a brilliant time and uh, then we did the dinner with everybody that night, and you caught me at my absolute worst. I was so spent from covering the auction. <laughs> no. By the time we sat down, I just thought, ah, screw it. I don't care what happens, man. <laughs> well, we had a great time, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It right? was a lot of fun. Mike Joy and I spent about a half hour just talking about cocktails. <laughs> he's a great guy. Mike Joy is such a great guy. He is. He's That's a sweetheart of a human being. Shelby story for you with Mike Joy, if you'd like to hear it. Sure, absolutely. 
So do you remember the uh, the year that um, Shelby um, was the sponsor of the, the NASCAR race in Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. And it was the Shelby 427. Yeah. It was in 09. And so um, we're Carol was there along with Kim Kardashian, Carol Novus. <laughs> but um, so Mike Joy and I were talking and Carol had walked up and Mike was really cold because he didn't wear a jacket and it was, you know, it was in April or no, it was in March and it was cold. And so, um, and he was admiring Carol's jacket. So I said something to Carol, Carol took his jacket off during the interview and gave it to Mike and say, Mike, you look cold. Here's my jacket. Wow. That's amazing. I still has that jacket. I bet he does. Yeah, no, it's probably framed and on a wall. It would be my guess. So, Everything's starting to open back up, and like we said, everybody's dying to get out and and do stuff. What is it you're looking forward to attending? And uh, I know you've got some really interesting stuff you want to go to. Um, I think your list and my list might overlap a bit. I bet they would. Well, there were a couple of events internationally I was scheduled to go to, like Le Mans Classic, and unfortunately that was canceled and is not going to happen. Hmm. But I want to. I'm I'm so excited to go to Monterey. I can't tell you. You know, Monterey Collector Car Week. Uh, a friend of mine, Bill Neal, who recently passed away, he goes, "No, don't think this is normal." He goes, "This is what heaven will look like." Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Have you not done Monterey before? Oh, every year since 98. Okay. So okay. last year, not getting to go. No, 96. 96 is when I first started going. Not going since not, uh, last year was just killing me. So, oh, wow. you know, it's just so fantastic. And I'm sure you're the same way. Just yes. millions of stories you can share. So that one is one that's number one. Uh, then Team Shelby, the club I was talking about, we do the Shelby Bash every year. We have to limit it to 400 people in Las Vegas. And we do track time. We do scavenger hunts, which are really crazy scavenger hunts, more like the great race, poker runs, parties. We have celebrities show up, everything from Peter Miles and Peter Brock to Alan Grant, Bob Bondurant. And I'm looking forward to that. And then Barrett Jackson in Houston. You know, it's the first time for them to do something in the great state of Texas. And we always do things bigger and better here. So I got to believe that. <laughs> uh, how far is it? You're uh, I- you're a little north of Dallas, aren't you? I'm in the Dallas area, actually, in the Dallas area, and it's about three and a half, four hours of driving legally. Uh, just, you know, if, I, if I'm in the 350... You'll be there in two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with my donations to the local constabulatory. Uh-huh. Of course. So uh, do you want to do any test driving on the, what is it, the George Bush uh, Turnpike? Up well, there? you know, it's funny you should say that. Officially, No. But unofficially, um, one day I was going to one of the uh, car shows in the old Pantera and somebody was in a, uh, this was probably about 14 and somebody was in the latest GT 500 and I'm zipping down the tollway, probably about 80 and guy comes up my tailpipe and normally I'll just move over and you know, whatever. But he was really aggressive about it and just right up my tail. And I guess he doesn't, didn't know what a Pantera was. So (laughs) I dropped it down a gear and left him. (laughs) <laughs> and then I let him creep back up again, and then I left him again. I did that about three times. Nice. And he was in the same car show as I would. He would never come over to see me. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck do you have there? But so you didn't go ask him how your exhaust smelled or anything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I found his car, but he was nowhere to be found in the in the uh, at the show. So yeah, yeah, I'll Mark, bet not. 
it's a great place and they keep extending it up the oh yeah further so it's a great place late at night to get something fun out and uh, see what it'll do back when they were uh, first building it uh you know they had all the uh, all the cement down and all that but uh you weren't supposed to be on it well my my brother lived in richardson and we snuck over there, and he had a uh, what was it that uh, uh, eighty four Jag HE with oh, a twelve uh-huh. cylinder, yeah, and we Five, three liter. blew down that highway. Uh, and it was just a straight stretch, and it was ridiculous. Uh, we had some good times. <laughs> I imagine you did. And, and you know that was before you had a lot of speed cameras and a lot of things that yeah. out just disappear. Yeah, it was like okay, we're here. Bye bye. <laughs> So along with the stuff you want to hit stateside, you mentioned not being able to do the Le Mans Classic. Uh, what are the overseas events that you're wanting to hit when we can? Uh, what's on your big list? My number one thing in the world, this is like the ultimate. Actually, I was scheduled to go in 2020, and then the world fell apart. It's Villa de Est oh. on the shores of Lake Cuomo. Yes. That, that beautiful location. You, there are cars there you'll never see anywhere else. Fantastic food. I was going to go with someone special. It was going to be just, you know, it was going to be the one. So, and then of course I was going to go this year, and it just got moved to September, opposite of the bash. So that won't be happening. So twenty two's <laughs> got to be the year. That's that's number one. And then I'd like to go to Retro Mobile in Paris. Yeah, I've seen pictures. It looks fantastic. Have you been to either one of those? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't been able to try. And there's a third one because uh, you and I are both motorcycle guys, and we're going to school Mark. He's going to learn. (laughs) And I'll have to start showing him the videos. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. The Isle of Man, the the tourist trophy, the TT. I've got a friend, actually, that lives on the Isle of Man who has said, his name's Peter Hersey, he's an automotive fine artist. He said, Scott, anytime you want to come and you can stay for free, I am so dying to go to that. I'll sleep sleep on a front porch. (laughs) I'm with you. Well, I'm not next to you, but I'll sleep anywhere. (laughs) No, no, we're not getting the sleeping bags of zip together. I like you, Scott, but come on. Good-looking guy, but you're just not my son. Your your taste in drapes. Can't do it. (laughs) No kidding. Go ahead, Mark, while you're sitting there running the computer. Look up Isle of Man and uh, the, the TT race. They are absolutely out of their ever living mind. It it's is wonderful. the scariest looking crap you've ever seen. And you're going to think, I have to see this up close. Isle of Man TT. So with all the stuff that's happening with EVs, God, I hate to even go down this road. With everything that's going on with EVs. What is it that still drives people to buy internal combustion engine cars? Yeah, you know, it's funny because a lot of people are scared of EV initially. I didn't like it either, but I don't think we're going to end up adopting and getting rid of ICEs nearly as fast as the politicians. No. For one, it's not practical, in my humble opinion. Um, And and we have too much with ICEs. You know, I will have no problem driving around a Mach-E or a Tesla for my run around town car. I would have no problem with that if it would leave more gasoline for my fun cars. Yes. And I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. As long as they don't ban them, I'm okay with that mixture. And I think we're going to have that mixture in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and the electric cars can provide a lot of instant torque and things like that. They just don't have the stamina. So 
I, I think people still love the, the vibration. It's just like a Harley. I mean, I've got a Triumph and I've got a Harley. Mm -hmm. And I love my Triumph. And there are a lot of wonderful things. But you start that Harley up, the sound and the vibration and the feel and the smell. I mean, how could you not love that? And so I think cars are the same way, whether it's a, a 289 Cobra like the one behind me or it's the, the sound of the new GT350. That's part of the yes. thing. It, you know, and I think I think there's going to be room for both. I have high hopes there will be. I think a lot of the manufacturers are hoping that everybody's going to have to replace their car with an electric one. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. But I, I think there's going to be room for both. And I think people still want to be engaged with cars. You know, the, the new Bronco has a manual transmission and the take yes. rate for that is so much more than Ford ever anticipated to take. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's room, and I think young people still want to be engaged. Maybe it's different because both my kids and I'm a car family, but kids, it's not that they want, don't want a car a lot of times. They can't afford it. Yeah. yeah. And, and we don't make it so that, you know, when I was 16 years old, my first car literally cost 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I could, I, it was a six-cylinder, straight six. It was a 64 Bel Air four-door. And you could literally just about stand in the engine compartment to work on that. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're not as connected. So I think I think there's still room. I think there's still hope. And, and kids actually like cars. If they do, we just need to find a way for them to be able to afford them and enjoy them. Like Haggerty's got that great program where they teach them how to drive manuals. And I think it's up to all four of us as car people to help get those kids in cars. You know, when we go to car shows, put them behind the driver's seat. Let them feel it. Don't run kids off, you know, yeah. show them the excitement and the enthusiasm and connect with them so that that next generation wants them to. Uh, I agree 100%. Absolutely. To that end, um, I've got uh, one of the fun things I got is a uh, 61 Impala bubble top for a oh. uh, hot rod. And it's got a built 409 and a four speed in it and custom paint and all that kind of stuff. When I'm at car shows with that car, I open the door and any kid who wanders up gets to sit behind the wheel of that or if they're short, stand up in the seat. And I just I want them to see what it's like. I figure the more of kids we can get interested in this, the longer we can keep it alive. Yeah. And the other thing, as far as gas engines and cars, Harleys, Corvettes, Cobras, cars, you know, hot rods like that Impala uh broncos blazers old pickups all that stuff seems to have a bit of soul to it and you don't find that much in the evs as good as they are they just don't have that soul and uh i i'm a harley guy like you too i got two in the garage and i'm looking for another one because i'm an idiot <laughs> but uh i I love bikes. It, I've I've had uh, 13 or 14 bikes, and I keep looking for more. And I've had a half dozen Corvettes. I keep looking for more. I love this stuff. And uh, it gets in your soul. And that's the neat thing is through shows like yours, kids can see. Because, let I me mean, face it, we're all excited by enthusiasm. I mean, when you go to a football game or a basketball game, the energy in the room makes people enjoy the and more. Yeah. And so the enthusiasm that you guys show, the excitement for this hobby gets other people going, hey, that's special. I want to be part of that too. So I have to say thank you to you guys for having shows like this so that kids can listen and 
the, your enthusiasm and excitement gets them hooked. Then they start appreciating your wisdom that you're doing and the neat stories. And so, you know, I, I appreciate you, what you guys do. Well, thank you very much. Uh, that's uh, that's a great compliment. Thank you so much. All right, wrap this up. A lot of the EVs that we're seeing now already have really startling performance. They may not have that soul, but boy, they are quick. What do you think the future holds for performance EVs, and will those ever be collectible? I really believe that there are going to be future EVs, and I think the key is batteries. And once we have, in fact, I've got clients that are actively testing the bleeding edge of things. Mm -hmm. And so there will be performance variants. There will be a place and sometimes performance is going to be defined a little bit differently, but batteries are the key because batteries determine your silhouettes for the vehicles. They determine the handling, the weight. Once we can get some battery technology that's reasonable and it's easy to recharge or replace, I think we're going to have a new golden age. I think it's going to be cool to have a car. And I think just like if you look at the price of an old Atari or a first generation Mac or stuff like that, you go on eBay and you see the insane prices for those. I think you're going to see that on some of these first generation, the cool ones, not necessarily like the funky Hondas or some of those things, but some of the, the a Model S or the um, the Lotus conversion that uh, that Tesla did. I think your first generation titanium Mach-E's, I think uh, maybe a client or two that may be dabbling in that, uh, hopefully announcing within the next year. So I think they're gonna be some cool collectible ones, but it's a lot like late model, not every late model Ferrari is necessarily collectible, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, mm -hmm talk about that a lot you know not every 1950s buick is necessarily collectible but i think there will be some that if a savvy person reads sports car market or listens to this podcast and listens to the kind of vehicles you're talking about that have some unique aspects there will be collectability but like anything else you got to buy it right yeah and yeah. I, but i think there's a future for it in this in this uh, portfolio of vehicles We've been speaking with Scott Black of Timepiece PR. You know, Scott, it took too long to get you on the show, and you you do too much cool stuff for us to just have you once. I want to have you back, especially as new cool stuff starts to develop. Uh, you're right at the leading edge of all of this, and we are thrilled to have had you here. You can find all the social media links for Scott and Timepiece PR on readthedriven.com. Thanks for coming on, man. It's been too long. So I'd much rather usually have one of my clients on talking to you guys because they're a lot cooler and more fun. Nah, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get to that. And, and we've already had some on. You know, we've had Cash on the show a couple of times, and Aaron's yeah. coming on pretty quick. So, But, see, it's good for my reputation to be hanging out with three cool guys like you. So <laughs> I've wow. got a friend that's a rocket scientist and another that's a brain surgeon, wow. and now I've got two guys. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of you two drove convertibles here tonight. You're going to be screwed trying to get your head back in the car. <laughs> he said rocket, sight and rocket scientist and brain surgeon. Now he's trying the other end of the stick. <laughs> well played. He got the one thing right. Well, Three guys. He managed to bookend it. It's all right. It's okay. Scott, thanks a ton, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. And it's been too long, and we need to have you back. You're very kind. I, I look forward to being back, and I look forward to having some more adventures with you guys along the road. Oh, you will. Right you on. will. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm angling for all I'm worth to get to more stuff. <laughs> and you know, we'll keep trying to find new places and things for you to have some fun. Great. And Mark, 
and Corey, you got to come do it too. You can't. Oh yeah, it. yeah, they you do. Yeah, I plan on I plan on making. Some and music. I'm going to spend the rest of the night showing Mark really scary Isle of Man videos. He's <laughs> oh going to crap because he's already, never seen this. I went to the website. I'm like, what the hell? No, <laughs> my VN750 is not going to be uh-huh. that sideways. <laughs> not with me on it. <laughs> but you know what? You get to actually drive ride the course. You used to be able to ride the course the day of oh. after the sessions are done. So you can actually ride it and then come back around and see them going sideways through the corner that Ugh. you didn't. I wonder what those folks yeah. would think if I managed to get my Harley Mooglide around that thing. It'd <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Uh-huh. That boy killed a cow and made a seat. <laughs> Scott, thanks a ton, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thanks. All righty. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and why wouldn't we? Man, this is so cool. I love doing this. We wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And you can listen to us everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt and Mark Groves. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. 